Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeehaw, bitch. Uh, Country Chris checking in. Jason, how are you? City Boy TJ is doing just well. <laughs> I have all my creature comforts of uh, suburban life. Mm-hmm. You know, pour over coffee, uh-huh. smoothies, course, stuff like that. Course, yeah. Resistance bands. No, all the stuff you need. And I know that we've been going to dinner at 6 p.m. for a while, but the uh, failing New York Times picked up on that today. So hopefully we don't have to kind of switch to 5 p.m. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? There's a New York Times story about how everyone's going to dinner early. Okay. Uh, at 6 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. And they wonder why the subscribers are going down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Post-Trump slump <laughs> is no joke. Uh, and then <laughs> there's another story in, in Bon Appetit, one of your favorite titles, about mm-hmm. you know the reservations headaches um, and how that's all going. And they used an image of uh, Jack's wife, Frida, in, as the header, which made me laugh because people come to New York and wait in line for an hour to eat eggs, which is... <laughs> and they're not even Australian eggs with the really, the with the yolks that are different. I, I was going to blame it on Australia because you know the Orva is much bitter. They're just a little bit bitter. I can't explain it. It's just bitter. Yeah, but so there's a lot of... F- f- uh, it, it bodes well for our guest say because we do have a, a food world guest. Um, but yeah, I just... I wanted to get all that stuff off rip that's that's something actually that i i'm glad you brought that up off rip i was i was looking at um friend of the show grub street where i famously had my uh <laughs> grub street diet yeah famous to me and you famous to me and you yep that's the right people the people of new york didn't love to hear what i was getting up to over here in, in suburban california and rightfully so but they they posted a story and i think it was my friend who works there who got who i worked with on the thing so it's not a slight to him, but mm-hmm. it was, it's basically a story about how there's a restaurant somewhere in New York. I don't remember where. But I think maybe it was like a dumpling place or something like that. But it had this notoriously super long line and it was like, oh, you know, you can't go there. It's blown out. Yeah. And then there was a story in Grub Street about how the line had finally sort of gone down and it was chill again. <laughs> So it was sort of like the sweet irony of like announcing that the restaurant is now yes. slow enough to visit again, which will obviously, yes, within a matter of 45 minutes, yes, send it right yes, back exactly. to where it was, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the responsibility of food media, you know, it's really pretty low on the totem pole of what we're, uh, all the problems we have going on. So I don't think it's ever going to get worked out. Once once we finally figure out that we don't need to go to space, then we should tackle food media next, kind of as, <laughs> as the biggest problem. Actually, speaking of space, I'll, I'll put a pin in that. You can finish your point. Well, I just think that I just think the reality is, and I was I was saying this on Twitter earlier, that truly no restaurant is worth the links that people are going to. Like I, I and I know I'm saying that as a person who's not like a foodie unless there's a piece of pussy on the other end of that rest but i feel like you would agree with me you're like i'm there's nothing worth or penis paying off a restaurant owner there's a guy saying there's a restaurant owner and quoted saying he's getting trips on private jets and rolexes for reservations i'm like what planet <laughs> do you I mean maybe if you go if you go every friday night to the maybe 
But I just don't understand. Like, it's not that important. It's just not that good. Nothing is <laughs> worth that. It's just crazy. I would. I would rather. It's. It's less work and less money to put yourself through culinary school and teach yourself how to make this food yourself. <laughs> That's a good idea. Than okay. it is to go. Hey, I got my fortieth birthday over here at Mother Wolf. Let's. Uh, let's drop twelve apps, five pizzas, and the steak in forty-five minutes, and uh, send me the check instead of the Amaro cart, something like that. Yeah. Just go to culinary school and, and learn. You know, and and spend all that money on the people who are really working hard, the unsung heroes, the mongers, the the butchers. You know what I mean? I think we need to start a how long gone culinary school scholarship to stop people from going to restaurants. We we will send one lucky creative director of a watch company to culinary school every year. That's my promise. You have my vote. And it will be a community college, obviously. We, we're not kind of ponying up for Ivy League or even state Glendale schools. Community College, they are aware of it. They don't love our photo shoot that we did, <laughs> uh, uh, unsanctioned and un, unpermitted. So we are a little bit of um, in the doghouse, which is fine. That's I'm not. I don't feel too bad for them. But I was. You, you were bringing up space exploration, and we were talking about that earlier in our group chat. I know there's a lot of, you know, talk about Elon Musk and the space race and Bezos and all that stuff. I was saying. Whenever one of these big brains finally gets gets the old uh, spaceship up and running, uh-huh. and we can finally uh-huh. begin exploring <laughs> yep. our universe, our solar system, and we can begin to inhabit other planets like Mars, where mm-hmm. you know the life expectancy on planet Earth, the clock's ticking. You know what I mean? We're basically dead standing. We're basically dead standing right now. So yeah, if it wasn't for the good, uh, the eco clean glass technology of GMC trucks, their entire line of Dodge trucks, we'd be fucked. But <laughs> I was saying, once we finally get that going, let's make sure Demi Lovato's on that first plane to Mars. She's <laughs> she's had two. We let her cook for too long. I know this is a culinary episode today. We've let Demi cook for too long, bro, and it's time to put her to bed. Demi's Demi's kitchen's about to be condemned if if the if the city goes in there because I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just always something new. You know, there's always something new, and it's always bad. It's like. I can't figure out what my pronouns are. I'm canceling my tour because I'm so stressed out. I'm now punk. Mm-hmm. It's just all insane. But I do. I like to report on it in the group chat because I feel like I'm really tapped into, uh, you know, hashtag Demi Lovato on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think that if if Bezos really wanted to win back the American people, he could kind of <laughs> he could sit out the first flight, send Demi on it, and just be like, "You stay up here, check it out for a while, see how what you know." <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a King's food tester situation. She, she won't get the full kind of two decades worth of NASA training. It'll be a crash course. Yeah, it'll be know? like, it'll this, be like this, when, the yeah. movie writes itself, you know? Demi's going to get into some hijinks, sure. It'll be like when Cho went skydiving. You know, they give you a couple hours, you know, they give you a couple hours of instruction, and then you just strap in, you got to jump. And I think it's time for Demi to jump, you know, because if I get if I get one more Avril Levine, Levine knockoff record or an update mm-hmm. on her uh, sexual choices, I, I'm going to, I might have to close my laptop, which you know for me is big. For you to shut the machine down, only only someone as sinister as as Demi would would do that to you. <sighs> Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that to to light. I mean, you know, she's a she's an easy person to pick on. I know that. Well, uh, but she's had she's made millions of dollars. She's had hit records. You know, all the all the juice has been extracted out of this grapefruit, not an orange. <laughs> we're, we're we're all set. Well, I've said this before. The unfortunate part about all of this, it Demi can sing 
better than most of these chicks. Demi has an insane singing voice. Yeah. But she ain't playing the game like Selena Gomez is. She, she ain't playing the game with Selena. She ain't palling around with fucking Steve Martin. And that's the problem here. Selena can't sing her way out of a wet Aritzia bag, but <laughs> she's she's out here getting M's. <laughs> she's getting nominated for Emmys, bro. It's crazy. And you know, and then, but Ariana, she can sing herself out of a dry Aritzia bag, maybe even a Bottega one. They're thicker than other ones. Uh-huh. And you know, you know what Ariana's doing? Just kicking back, enjoying her talent and her life. She's not tweeting about how like she's Latin today. <laughs> she's looking in the mirror to make sure her ponytail is high enough mm-hmm. while. Her real estate agent husband uh, takes pictures of her is probably what's happening. I think she she married a, a civilian, which is always a crazy move for someone that famous. I I'm gonna put a mm-hmm. I'll put a time limit on that. But that is but when you marry a civilian, you don't get invited to Benny Blanco's house anymore. So you know I'm sure her and Kashmir are having a tough time with that little phone tag. That is that is unfortunate. Yeah, I was saying before we started recording, I'm lining up because of my um, time in Atlanta. I'm lining up a lot of uh, live music, live music, you know, because going to shows in tertiary markets is so much easier. You know, it's it's nicer. The parking is only twenty five dollars. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the beers are only fifteen instead of twenty. Oh, that's nice. OK, I'm going to guess it starts a little earlier, you know, since we have church every day here. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like you got to get the curfew kind of kicks in. You can get yourself like a bag of hot nuts in the parking lot no instead problem. of a bacon wrapped hot dog. Exactly. And and the bootleg T-shirts are probably cheaper. But yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to decide Sunday real estate's playing on 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 Friday. Which I feel like oh, wow. watching those four fatties, you know. Is there is there another band that you that's that's fighting for that position? What else do you have on the calendar? That's well, there's just a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot coming. up. Do you up. have a challenge on that date, Chris? Because we got. I, I talked to Ben Gibbard. I'm going to go see Death Cab for Cutie. Rostam's hooking me up with Father John Misty, so I got to go see FJM with Suki Waterhouse. And then there's oh, there's some other stuff because you're coming to town, and we're kind of lining something up that could be very special. In the live performance, in, in the live performance realm, this could be the most special thing we ever do together. Have you secured the tickets? I haven't, but they're they're available. It's not a problem. This this podcast is reminding me. I, as soon as we finish recording, I will go cop the ticks. Okay. I mean it 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 doesn't seem it seems like it could potentially sell out. I just want to make sure that you secure i think all the tickets that we were looking at are are already i think they're they're you know resell oh got it okay, okay. i don't think but they're not that ex- you're on the secondary expensive. i mean even even down in the south the secondary market is probably chill well for the person in question does Chiller. that really surprise you does that really surprise <laughs> you um all right we do have a, we do have a guest today um you're probably familiar with ghetto gastro uh it's the trio of chefs john gray les walker and pierre uh Cero. um they have a new cookbook ghetto gastro black power kitchen uh, that is in stores very i think uh october 18th so pretty soon but yeah we're gonna we're gonna tap in with john and figure out what's up with this spicy ass syrup mm-hmm. they made yeah i saw i saw a video on his instagram where he was pouring syrup all over a uh a, a, i believe it was a branzino i was like bro whoa that's that's fucked up you, what do you think do, does that make sense to you in your mind or is this going to be a confrontation it's it's not maple syrup it's i believe sorghum syrup so it's a different kind of sweetness but it's syrup nonetheless are you going to stand up for the monger community in this case and is this like an abuse allegation on the fish or is this more of just i mean you know <laughs> pouring syrup all over a piece of branzino 
I'm I'm very curious to try. I will say that yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking it. Obviously, these guys know what they're doing in terms of flavor. It does sound insane. And I I mean, yeah, I want to get into how much money they're making because that's what I love to talk about. And I feel like these guys are really mm-hmm. are really printing it right now. And I that's always aspirational for me and something that I uh, really respect from other creators. And I love cookbooks. Let's give them a zoom. All right, Jason, I want to talk to you about uh, David Smith. Uh, he's got a new show opening at Hauser & Worth in New York at the 22nd Street location. Uh, if you're not familiar with David, uh, he is one of the most influential, innovative artists of the 20th century, mostly known for sculpture. But this guy was doing his best work in the last five years of his life, which is uh, <laughs> kind of what I'm hoping <laughs> for myself. And just to be clear, his best work was done back in the 60s. It's important to note. When, when he did pass away. It is away. important to know, but the sculptures are very interesting. They're cool. Show closes April 13th. No one thing. David Smith, late sculptures at Hauser & Wirth 22nd Street Gallery. Seven of the artist's most important sculptures from the very final years. These are very important sculptures from his final years, and as much as you want to touch them, they are look, but do not. Mm-hmm. Don't make us look bad uh, is kind of is kind of what we're saying. Don't go in there and start knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, David Smith uh, is now open at Hauser & Worth in New York at the 22nd Street location, and it closes on... April 13th. Got it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Jason, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. Uh, In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, Jason, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time to join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it thanks to Nutrafol. Hair thinning is complicated, uh, and the problem is it's actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health, mm. um, which if that's the case, Jason, then you're in top physical condition. Uh, <laughs> internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly Thicker, you know I like them thick, stronger hair. It's all connected, your body. It's all connected. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code how long that's Nutrafol dot com promo code how long this episode of how long gone is brought to you by booking dot com that is booking dot yeah booking dot com offers so many possibilities across the US uh, from relaxing beach resorts which you know I, I love and I'm a big fan of love to bake in the sun to remote mountain cabins we can go up there and work on your kind of acoustic album. Mm. The multitude of choices across the beautiful United States of America on booking.com allow you to book whoever you want to be. I, Jason, you know me, I, I'm a different version of myself depending on where I'm traveling and who I'm with. You know, I mean, it's always baseline. Oh, wow. It's baseline, Chris. Diva alert. It's baseline, Chris, but when I'm in Australia, it's different. But in the U.S., if I go to Florida, if I go to Georgia, if I go to California, if I go to Wyoming, you know, I, I'm going to switch up my swag a little bit. Oof, I can only imagine. I, I just recently used Booking.com to take a little uh, post-V-Day trip up into wine country, hmm. and I can't 
wait to see who I will be when I am there. So book whoever you want to be on booking.com. Booking. Yeah. You're coming to us live and direct from uh, New York, New York. Varick Street, man. You hear that? You hear that Hudson Tunnel <laughs> traffic? You know what I'm saying? Oh damn. Okay, I, I like this. That's some of my favorite New York traffic, actually. So I'm glad you got to call that out. <laughs> we have a global listenership. They might not know what Varick Street is. Could you maybe add a little more detail to where you're at in in the city, perhaps? So Varick Street is. South of South of Houston Street, right? Um, okay. I think I want to say this is the West Village, West Soho area. I'm at the publisher's office of our book, Artisan Publishing. Okay, so Ghetto Gastro is coming to you live from the West Village. <laughs> <laughs> okay, West, West Bed Stuy, West Village, same. You know, it's, it's the other of- Shaolin. Now, low key, Ghetto Gastro. The first events we did were in the West Village. I, I had an apartment here mm-hmm. on Washington Street in Leroy, so. It's all full circle. I liked it. Okay. So that was you do pop ups at at the apartment back back then. in the days. Yeah, it was just it was just house parties. You know, this is mm-hmm. so, so. You've been in the neighborhood for a while. I'm I'm also a, a downtown guy. I prefer it. Um, but do you do you make it to the outer boroughs these days? Oh, or I live you, in the Bronx. Staying? I live in the Bronx. Oh, you do live. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and bred in the Bronx. Um, I just I just was like a prodigal son for a minute, so I had to go see what the. What the city was saying, I had to see what Queens was saying, I had to see what Brooklyn was mm-hmm. saying. And then Sure, they all needed you and you have returned back okay, I understand. You had to do a little <laughs> uh soul searching yourself and now you've kind of returned to the motherland. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Back to the Mecca. Very Capadonna esque of you. I like that song. <laughs> yeah, what's what what's going on in the Bronx now though? Is it have have white people ruined it or are we still have some time? We have some time, but but okay. But, but the developers is definitely been getting gentrified, like in a in a not cool way in a South Bronx area, but the other parts still thriving and still very mm-hmm. okay. You you could go to the Bronx in a, in the summer, go to Orchard Beach and have a salsa experience on a Sunday. You know, so it's very, it's very, it's very real. I wish I was ready for that kind of experience, but unfortunately, I don't think I would be. I don't think I would fare too well with that. Even though I have great rhythm, <laughs> the birds in the background say otherwise. <laughs> Bird game. So, so John, you were you you mentioned you you mentioned South Bronx is being gentrified, not in a good not in a good way, in a bad way. What would be an example of a good version of gentrification to you, perhaps? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily a good version of gentrification. I will say this though: I, I had a lot of guilt. I call these gentrified snacks. Like I used to buy the kettle chips mm-hmm. ten years ago. You saw the kettle chips in the bodega. A little bougie shit. Times are changing. I bought the Justin's peanut butter cups. <laughs> that, that's like my gentrification um, porn. Those are good. Those are great examples. You like to cosplay as as like my rich aunt sometimes, <laughs> and get the good Justin's cups and all that stuff. It feels nice sometimes. Because the, the Reese's joints was a little oily and they stick to the roof of your mouth. So I just had to, mm-hmm. I just had to switch up the drip on them. But <laughs> what I would say is I think about revitalization of a neighborhood. It should definitely be in tandem with the community that resides in the neighborhood. So cultural sensitivity, have collaboration, create jobs in a community that type of vibe because because there's a way to do it right basically yeah and it's rarely you rare you see it rarely because of the capitalism you know so it's always about 
squeezing, like building the cheapest you can, getting the most out of a rental unit. So a lot of times those those things aren't considered. It's really just the bottom line. So mm-hmm. conscious capitalism is rare and, and until you run into like founders of Patagonia, like where he just gave away his company. People mm-hmm. are really on his dick for that. I'll tell you what, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> more, the, I've never seen anybody get better press than this guy. You got to give away billions of dollars to get good press these days. It's tough. <laughs> but you can put out a ghetto gastro cookbook, or you can give away your whole company. It's your choice. Yeah. You know what do you What are you gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the ghetto gastro cookbook, <laughs> aka the cookbook. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to the book, John. Don't worry. We'll get to the book. By the way, I love the title. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Have you Have you heard of a, a hardcore band called Zulu? Nah, I'm not familiar with them. It's um the well their their Instagram handle is Black Power Violence. Right. Give them a give them a look. Maybe you guys would have some synergy there. I'll check them out. I'll check them out. Check them out, John. Synergy. I'm I, sorry. My mind is just stuck. My mind is just. I can't get off the peanut butter cups. You got me. My my tummy is growling now for some. <laughs> cashew butter wrapped in chocolate now they got it with the puff quinoa on it man you get bro no to- not the crunchies they got the crunchies <laughs> <laughs> they got the crunch john yeah. has your has your knowledge of all these quinoa puffs <laughs> and all that stuff how has that helped you with the ladies over the years oh man it's funny i was at a comedy show the other day in brooklyn in prospect park mm-hmm. and one of the she was a comedian and she said something about Nothing gets me more open than like someone just ordering for the table. <laughs> and a lot of the women that were around me just agreed. Really? So I guess being able to know my way around the menu is a good thing. That's good to know because Jason is is also, um, he considers himself to be a, a somewhat of an expert in the culinary arts, loves to order for the table. And he does it. He does it for me a lot, and I never let him hit. I just want to be clear, but that might not be true for other people. Yeah, I'm able to take control at the dinner table more so than in the bedroom. Unfortunately, every boss needs to be bossed, as they say, John. No, but I agree. I and I, I've always loved to order for the table. You on, you on your Chuck Roll shit from billions? You and your Chuck Roll shit from billions? Yeah, I'm on my. Yeah, he's going to a little basement after work. You know, he couldn't get that conviction. He's uh, feeling low. <laughs> Not those Louboutins, the other ones. Now, now get to walking. Mm. No, but I, I love ordering for the table. But I also love, I mean, obviously, it's like a control thing. And you have to do it in a cool, sly way and not like uh, a creepy way or else you ain't going to hit. But I also love to control who is going to be at the table as well. I like to put together a group of people for a dinner party, mm-hmm. you know, because all it takes is one person to fuck up the whole night, you know? The, the dining table feng shui is important, man. Important, Especially if you're <laughs> still in an impressionary stage. Mm. I feel like it's a sin to have a dinner with more than six people out. I'm with it. Maybe in the home it works. No. But once people start like, yo, can I get a table for eight? Like, nah, it's quiet. It, yeah. it, <laughs> not only does it get weird when the bill comes out, but it's also just too much. Like if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, a lot of people don't know how to middle. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you don't have a good middle, it just gets it just gets funky. Yo, my girl's family makes me middle every dinner now. It, it's just like that's just what I do. Because I have to be able to roast the mom because they, they're they not able to roast the mom and I, only I'm able to do it. So they're like, all right, you sit in the middle. When she, she starts talking sideways, 
you say some shit, and then the cousin over here, it's, he's going to you know, it's, it's a whole thing, man. It's a gift. It's a gift. I agree with you, though. I think I've always said, you know, dinner, I would say even four, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, it's too much for me. Four is too much. <laughs> Four, four as long as it's all, yeah, yeah. If it's just like four of the boys, four of the girls, four of the non-binaries all together, <laughs> you can you can oh, talk freely. You don't have to you know you have exactly. to worry about what you're saying. Like oh, does I find though I find now I I've gotten over this as I've gotten a little older, thank God. But there was a period where that check confusion would come up, and I would just pay because I felt so. I hated it so much that I would just pay. Yo, I was so awkward, especially if you know the restaurant owner and mm-hmm. shit, and, and they like, you got the, th- you're like, fuck <laughs> it, I'll just pick it up. Then I got it, like, hold up, nah, this is a plot. This is part of their plan. <laughs> I, just go to the I just go to the bathroom when the bill comes. John and I might be in the same, but we're the most successful people in our like immediate friend group, John, you and I. So mm-hmm. I think if people look to us to do that, whether we want to or not, <laughs> but I've gotten over it as I've gotten older because, but now, this the, the splitting technology and like the conversation around it has become deafening and it's turned everyone into fucking nerds <laughs> who are like worried about a dollar and I can't stand it. It's crazy. It's like fractional, but you know, the way inflation is working and the economy, I get it. So, you know, if you got to split the bill, much, much respect and much love. And prayers. prayers up. Prayers, prayers. Up to you. No, I was, I was talking to my mom cause I'm in Atlanta for, and I was talking about the, you know, my parents last night, the gas prices here are just amazing compared to LA, you know, and I, I don't, I don't really think about inflation because I'm just like a guy with, with, you know, only bills I cause myself, you know, I don't have any kids. I don't have any big shit. And my mom started, mm-hmm. my mom started talking about inflation at the grocery store. And I was like, mom, you didn't raise me to be cheap like this. Don't do this. Not tonight. <laughs> you know, not tonight. Not when I just got here. You're, you're going to buy the gallon of milk. Yeah. Even if it even if it costs seventeen cents more than it did last week, you're not gonna. It's not gonna keep. You got the no frills potato chips now at the crib. Like yeah, the, yeah. There's no lays. Yeah, there's no lays anymore. I come back and all the snacks are off brand in the black household. I don't fucking get it, man. It's crazy. <laughs> just statements of use on the packaging, just like potato chips. <laughs> no Reynolds wrap. It's like we we go down to the. Doesn't even say Kirkland on it. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to ask some questions. But yeah, my mom was at Costco today texting me. They were out of chameleon cold brew at Costco. Shit is moving off the Damn, shelves bro. no matter what the price. It's it's even affecting you now, Chris. Finally. Well, John, before we hopped on, is it true that you were doing a little media training? Nah, hell no. Shit is natural. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust your sources, man. I don't know where you get that from. I understand. I your your source did have your company name on her Zoom, but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it alone. I don't know who to, no face, no case. <laughs> I don't know who to, <laughs> Okay. You got me there. You For our listeners there. at home, John is wearing a full Nike baklava. We have no idea <laughs> if it's him, who who it could be. I can't tell. Okay, so so this is all natural. So when you're like you've done a lot of press over the years, but is how is book press different than normal ghetto gastro press? We exist. We existed in the abstract for so long, and now the book kind of compresses the, the decade of work and ideology and mm-hmm. the vibration of what we're doing in the one place. So I think it makes it a little bit more digestible. But when you're doing press, it's like, how do you say that in a sentence? Like I, I just 
said a lot of words. Yeah, right. You, you did a really so, good job saying it, honestly, right there. That sentence. Uh, I'm glad we were recording on that. That's no, but I, I think I say this a lot. I think a book, you know, obviously, you know, cookbooks actually do make money. A lot of books don't. Um, but it is like a solidifying, like this thing is fucking real now. The same way I think when you have like a clothing brand or something and you open a store, even though that might not make you money, it feels real and it gives you something like concrete. And I think it's important to do that. Especially with us not having a restaurant, like people were so confused for so long. Like, so what is it you do? Is it a restaurant? Is it catering? Wait, no, you create these experiences around the world. For- How do I get me some ghetto gastro? And you're like, well, just start working for Nike and cut the check. You get a little ghetto <laughs> yeah, gastro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Precisely. You know, but, but now but now we're giving the game out to the people so they can like mm-hmm. take these recipes, see the artwork, see the vibes, read a bunch of knowledge and Okay. So how what's what's the breakdown like percentage wise you think from like recipes versus like ideology and, and, and your story? Shit. It's it's all equal. Like, cause like we have photography is art. Mm-hmm. You know, each recipe has the photography. We have like fine art paintings, visual paintings that correlate with some recipes too. And then also the intros to the recipes are like storytelling. So it's not just like here, preheat mm. the oven. It's like, ah, right, we're breaking down the chopped beef sandwich and we're breaking down the black power waffle or cornbread and caviar. Like we're giving you the story behind the, behind the food. Cause I, I think about cookbooks all the time. And like a, a long time ago, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to write a cookbook one day and that'll, that'll be how I solidify myself and I could do my Bourdain shit after that or whatever. But it always felt so daunting to just feel like, oh, just write 200 recipes off the dome and you're good. Got it. I feel like we don't really have to do that anymore. It's it's all about like what's the culture, what's the story, and like you said, photos and art and like all that shit. So you can really just have a, you know a 300 page book with 40, 50 recipes in it, which is nice. Yeah, we can we, we got we got 75, 75. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. We got it. You're you're rich with recipes. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back in the day, 75, 75 wouldn't be, wouldn't cut the mustard. You're like, bro, we need like 300 recipes or you're not really going to get it. You know, it's, it's, it's quiet. We wanted to do quality over quantity. You know, we wasn't just trying to come through with like ants on the log, peanut butter, celery, <laughs> recipe one, you know, not ants on a log. Here's how I make my, here's my garlic aioli. <laughs> you got garlic, you got mayonnaise, mix that shit. All right. <laughs> Next recipe. Uh, All right, let's take lunch. Now, now is it, I'm sure it's been a conscious. I'm sure there's many uh, VC types that have thrown money at you or offered to to open a restaurant. And because you're smart, you've decided not to take that headache on. And I just want to <laughs> congratulate you for that. Well, yeah, with us, like I think we wanted to really be able to take the show on the road, right? And when you want to do a, res- a restaurant the right way, you need to be there. Like, it's intense. You need to be there. You're tethered to the business. Yeah, like, you're tethered. And for me, like, Rolling Stone vibes. Like, we had, we got to take this show on the road. We got to be able to hit Tokyo, hit Italy, hit London, you know, go to Mexico City mm-hmm. to soak up the knowledge from there. And we, we were able to take, like, our upbringing from the Bronx, take our travels. We call it do-rag diplomacy. You know, that's a chapter. And infuse infuse that and, and merge those things together to create something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, it seems a lot more fun. I'll tell you that. I mean, I you know, as someone who's never worked in a restaurant, the way you're doing it seems a little more fun than what I've seen and heard from my peers. Yeah, and all all the best restaurant restaurant tours or chefs, you know, 
they're like those obsessive control freaks where it's like i gotta be here first person in first person to leave and like i get fat my fucking family hates me what are you drinking right now is that a protein shake yeah 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 mm. games that's all you got the shirt over you <laughs> first class trip to the gamesville huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's showing we, you we ain't talking florida no bro. he's showing you his best side like he knows what he's doing he's got the camera adjusted and <laughs> you know i i just i want to point that out chris chris is more of the workout guy i know i know you're you know flipping monster truck tires and stuff like that too probably but i'm i'm little i i don't really have a whole lot of gains but i i just left the gym and i'm having a little protein that's why but how much normally Chris is the one who's brawling. How much time are you spending in the Equinox in the Bronx, though? Oh uh, man, I don't even know if we have an Equinox in the Bronx. We got <laughs> exports, and I use the park. Like, and during the pan pan panorama, I got a um, <laughs> I got a I got a weight bench and some like ironology. So it's just ironology crib, you know, ironology one on one. Just like okay, so you're on your jail shit. You're on your jail shit. It's up, it's up north trips. Up north trips. <laughs> but you said you were you're at the park, so you're like you're doing the bar boys shit, like yeah, yeah. We bar the the yeah. We definitely we definitely buying out the bar, man. <laughs> God damn it! I I I think that New York. I mean, New York is obviously one of the most disgusting places in the world, and that's what makes it so special. Ah, come on, man! The blasphemy. Yeah. No, I mean, look, dude. I I've, I live there. You know, I live in the East Village. It's disgusting. I just the thought of working out in a park. I just haven't gotten there yet. But I do appreciate the kind of raw sensibility of just being able to walk outside and do it the same reason mm-hmm. like running appeals to me is i can just walk outside and do it puts hair on your chest putting your hands on that concrete dirty ass piss covered concrete mm-hmm. builds character it makes you a different kind of strong oh nah nah you gotta get the gloves you gotta get the supreme like <laughs> construction gloves man so that wouldn't make no that, that way, when you when you take in a fit pick for the workout, they know the drip is perpetual. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is that is smart. And if somebody wants you to move a dumpster or something real quick, then also you're ready with those gloves, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Whatever it takes, that he means. <laughs> Look, when you when you born ready, you don't gotta get ready, man. That's right. I need to remember because I have two mm. pairs. I have some OVO mechanics gloves as well as some Supreme football receiver gloves. So you channeling you channeling Drizzy Drake when you working out? I don't know if that's the vibe. I. <laughs> Bro, first of all, <laughs> that's not, might not be the best role model. But he just for, has cool sculpting. That's both it. of y'all, just because he's had some work done to his abs doesn't mean I can't aspire to that. Okay, now <laughs> I don't think that I would. I don't think I would have liposuction to get abs, but I'm also not that famous, so I can't. You know what I mean? It's a different mindset. But when Drake wore the baseball gloves in the video, that did, the Nike baseball gloves. That did send me somewhere. Like I really like that look, and I don't know why because I'm obviously a pussy and I work out indoors. But I just really felt the but vibe that's, of the gloves. I mean, who who started the baseball glove? I mean, that was like that was like in the '90s, right? Did Nelly have baseball gloves? I know he was a baseball player. He did the band aid. I'm sure Nelly had that. I mean, I feel like I've seen Tupac in the baseball gloves. I feel like Diddy might have did that. I feel yeah. like that could have been a Diddy kind of vibe. Cam as well. Maybe. Oh, I'm, yeah. Diddy did the. Diddy did a. Uh, he, he had a video where they were on a baseball field, I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember that. He had the LL Cool J sweatsuit, one leg rolled up situation. Ken Griffey's, I think. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Baseball. It was an urban baseball aesthetic for a minute. Ken Griffey brought that. Urban baseball aesthetic. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Now, is, is that. I don't know if that could ever return. I, you know, because baseball players now, I noticed this. They. The shit is all baggy now. When I was growing up, those pants were tight. Now they're like 
They're wearing them oversized, <laughs> which seems like kind of bad for performance. J. Crew's fault. Our cousin might have started that. I think Gary Sheffield was one of the first ones to rock the rock the baggy joints. But you think Gary, and this is Gary Sheffield, this is like <laughs> late nineties, early aughts San Diego. He played for San Diego? I thought I thought Gary Sheffield was a, a, a San Diego. Yeah, I thought that was his like where- He played for LA for sure. He was LA. Yeah, yeah. New York Yankees. Maybe he did play. He, he I think he played in Milwaukee. That was his first Chris, team. Chris, I think you were talking about a different person. Okay. I mean I'm definitely wrong about sports. I just for some reason that was stuck in my mind. <laughs> because also the Padres had a cool jersey. Famously had like a great logo. You're, you're I think you're you're thinking Tony Gwynn. Yeah. Oh, good. yeah or Dave right. Winfield. Urban baseball aesthetic is something you should do kind of a deck on. I feel like you could sell that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Gary Sheffield, he's probably just like, I, I'm, I'm not going to wear skin-tight fucking skims, bro. I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> yeah. It was not a calculated I don't want move. you to... Uh, I don't. I want to leave something to the imagination. And he's like, I'm knocking this shit out the park. I don't got to run around these bases expeditiously. I'm going to just cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're also, right. Gary got ass, too. <laughs> yeah, so... So if you have an if your home run percentage is that high, <laughs> that's where the power is coming from. That's where the power is coming from. The glute, it's all in the hips. That's what they teach you in the gym. It's the most powerful muscle in our body, and you know we don't we don't really as men we don't give it enough attention. I've been working on my bridges, man. Are really one legged? Mm. Like what are we doing? Like I, I'll get I'll get I'll get weighted. I'll get weighted. You know, okay. I'll, I'll weight them. We'll do some one leg joints. You know, one one leg bridge, no weights though. Yeah, but are you mm-hmm. doing the bridge with the? Are you putting the? Are you putting the dumbbell on your like waist and going doing it like that? How are you weighting it? Bar, barbell, yeah, the barbell. Okay. Oh, you're doing the hot chick, the hot chick workout. So we're talking about the number one thoughty exercise in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. the OnlyFans special over there. <laughs> Okay, I got it. Look, look. I understand that. I get on gas shows only pans. You heard? <laughs> only pans. Oh, let's go. You got too much time on your hands. Shorty nonstick. Cast <laughs> <laughs> iron, man. Cast iron's very well seasoned over on this side. Okay. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet today that said these guys are treating their sheets like cast iron pans. That made me. <laughs> that made me That's chuckle. fucked up. <laughs> oh, that made me chuckle. So, so earlier, earlier, you were mentioning um, buying out. You know, paying the check for the whole table back when you were younger. You were making a, a good amount of money at a at a pretty young age, right? Oh yeah, I was a trap lord, man. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, okay. I was trapping out the bando, mm-hmm. but we taking the skills that we learned from that trade, applying it to the new one, turning the negative to a positive, you know, mm-hmm. running it up. And and you've done a very good job doing that. And I, I, re- I just remember when you were a kid and you hear about drug dealers and you're like. That's bad. And now, and now you're like, let me call my dude for the shroom. Right? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Are they chocolates? I don't want to. They good. taste weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much money there is in shrooms, but I get what you're saying. Well, <laughs> it's a very stinky pack. Um, the uh, loud pack. <laughs> it's 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 loud in a bad way. It's it's become too loud. But you 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 hear it a lot with like graffiti writers or like certain crimes where it's like I wasn't like doing I wasn't like beating women or like raping people i was like selling little drugs doing little graffiti you know whatever it is and they sort of talk about their life of crime in the past life in like a fun endearing way where i was back in the day you'd be like i'm not gonna fucking snitch on myself saying i used to sell drugs or i used to do graffiti or like it's a weird thing i've noticed in maybe like the last 10 years where people feel open to talk about 
crimes of their past. I think hip hop might have did, did that. I think probably because my stuff is public record because I got jammed up. Like mm-hmm. it's like what's going to happen now? Like you know what I mean? So yeah, better to just like be able to use missteps and lessons I learned to just like inspire folks that might be in that life mm-hmm. or came out of that life to know like yeah, it's a future. It's more to do. Like you have tangible skills that you could use from that and whatever you want to do. I no, I mean I think it is like I think that like. The people that I know that have been successful in the trade that we're speaking on are some of the best business people I have ever known. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like it, it's like a whole different. They're very bright. They're very they're on it. And I do think when you take, I, I have a friend who got out and he reapply, and he's doing just as well as he was doing before. You know, because it's just like he took it and he applied it somewhere else, and it's working out. It's no big deal. If you if you like have the know how and the skills or whatever that you find yourself doing well in math. Yeah, it's definitely applicable because you know the the stakes are way lower in any other business you're gonna do. No, that's yeah, that's yeah. so try po- try podcasting. It's really low. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could get canceled any day now. Um, but like, I feel like once you hit a certain level of success in drug dealing or whatever it might be, the the problem sort of becomes like you have that down, and then the real problem becomes like the money laundering or like. What are we going to do? Like, how am I really going to splash out and not get popped by the IRS? You know? Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like that's a, probably a sliver of people to make it to that stage. Cause you see in the culture, at least of, of like urban centers of America, like you ball out, you're going to get all of the material things and laundering is like a lot of people don't even make it to, to, to that point. But even if you're just thinking yeah. about a pivot, <laughs> it's like when you're used to that fast money, like, you got to start from ground zero. So imagine you moving bricks. It's like whatever you start now, you're going back to Nick's, <laughs> you know, and, and you got to you got to build that up. So when you used to getting that fast money. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of things that probably explains to like people that were were, were were stripping or dancing. It's like used to getting like just or even bartending. Mm-hmm. Like when you're used to getting fast money. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to think about your time, how you think about the time or like sowing the seeds and putting in the sweat equity on a new thing that builds it up to become something that's lucrative. What the fuck is 60 days net? Yo, you don't know how many early on and still now I don't run up in offices anymore, but sex was late or like, I, I would be in the office. I'll just run pop, pop through. Like, yo, what, what, what's sir, that? sir, you can't go in there, sir. <laughs> I'm like, it was, I was still, that was still fresh off the, I was still fresh off the porch. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. my Excel skills were, were, were great. It was also, it was just about collecting a late payment. Sure. Sure. Okay. You know, so okay. The, you were, so the ex, okay. The ex, some different methods. Some different like, methods. I could build an invoice in InDesign, Excel, whatever, you name it. Word. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get that back. Okay. So you, so you okay. started with invoicing, and then that's how you learned the whole entire world of computer programming. Was just I can I can make an invoice in MS Paint. I can make an invoice on Facebook. Whatever you need. Facts. Big facts. That's impressive because that's because I mean I I look like a person who'd be very good at making invoices. Especially especially since you went on video. Like who I don't know who I'm talking to now. It's like sorry, my computer my my Wi-Fi was slowing down a little bit. I've gone into um a new I went um so I got LASIK and now I'm going into a more tough guy era of my look. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I shave my head. I'm getting a little more brolic. My chest is filling out nicely. So I'm kind of going for <laughs> Jason's like really nice and friendly, but one of us needs to be kind of the intimidating. You got to be, you know, kind of fire and ice. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, cause your picture is definitely giving the Drizzy Drake um, comeback season mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't tell. His his face is cropped in the Zoom photo, but right underneath it, he's in the wheelchair, just like just like Aubrey. Man, you guys are really coming for Drake today. I, I guess I'll stand for it, but nah, we coming for you. We coming for you. <laughs> no, 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 it's you. You're bro. like a it's butternut you. squash, Chris. You're very easier roast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Earlier in the pod, also, John, you mentioned. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. You mentioned a chopped cheese. And I feel like the word the the chopped cheese has become, you know, speaking of gentrification, it's it's been boosted up into the world with you know you guys and twenty you know Action Bronson and Eddie Wong and all these people, and then it was sort you know it's it's gone up and it's like a Tesla stock. It's like it's cool and like oh no, it's crazy. Like they fucked it up and now it's back. Like <laughs> I want to know like the twenty twenty two State of the Union. For the chopped cheese, where are we at right now? Are we hot? Are we cold? You're the authority. You're the authority. For me, it's always a staple because it's like something mm-hmm. that I was introduced to very young, and like at, like at the time when I was ordering them, so that was like a lifesaver. It was it was chopped cheeses, it was pizza slices with beef patties with cheese and pepperoni. Like mm-hmm. that was a diet, you know, like of adolescence, you know, with a Italian ice or like a Coco Delicioso in the summer or whatever, Paragua. So. For me, it's always a staple. The way we flipped it in our book, we did we did a version that's plant based. All right, so what do we what do we use in then? Because you know this Ooh. this Beyond Meat doesn't work well with my stomach, so I was just wondering what what others. Also, what Beyond other... Meat, the you just see the CEO of Beyond Meat. He Yo, just got... the COO. What the <laughs> fuck? That's the new Papa John. And I got Beyond stock. I was sick. I'm like, I got Beyond stock. I'm like, damn. I looked at the Beyond. The Beyond stock went down a, a good amount yesterday. It went cause... down like a lot, like eight dollars maybe. Like eight. <laughs> that was. A... I'm glad that you also checked the stock. That was a billion dollar nose bite. God damn. <laughs> Mike Tyson. I guess you could go the fat only route to give away billions, or you could go back to no. So you've you've made a plant bake. Walk me through this as a lifelong vegetarian and now pescatarian. I always thought the chopped cheese was kind of off the table for me. No pun intended. Well, we're definitely using one of those. Like you got a few like options. You could go. You can go, we don't do this in our book, but you could go lentils. Like you could do a, a, a substitute with lentils and carrots, mm. cook it down and kind of make it like a, like a, mm. we were using the beyond the, the impossibles mm. of the world. So, but yeah, yeah. You drive your stomach, that makes sense. You gotta, you gotta go another route. No, I'm a big, we talk about veggie burgers a lot on this podcast because, um, <laughs> I, I, I think the technology has actually hurt the veggie, bur- like I think veggie burgers when they were made of vegetables were much better tasting. They got too than tech. All of these got too tech with it. Too much innovation in like the space. Like with the meat, with the imitation meat. Yeah. Have like, you had a superiority burger? Oh, his, that's my his favorite veggie burger. Was elite. That yeah. superiority burger. That's an, that's an example of a good veggie burger. Superiority. Back I lived down got the, all fucked up and stepped on. I lived stepped down the street from Superior Burger, so I go <laughs> Superiority and um and uh, Houston's. Houston's the best, low key, all vegetables. I haven't had the Houston joint. Where, where are you at, John? Where are you at on seed oils? That's a big thing in the <laughs> fitness food world. 
You know about all this? Nah, put me on. Like black seed. Like I, I know my mom's is big on black seed oil, and we have black seed oil on the green for the money drink, which is like from black. Um, I want to say, is it black? I don't want to fuck up the seed. <laughs> black seed. What seed is it? Now you sound like now you sound like a VC guy. Like it's talking about seed rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fuck up the seed. Not today. Uh, well, yeah, I have a four fifteen with black seed. I got to take the jet over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about um I'm talking about like there's a sort of a movement moving away from oils that come from seeds, I guess, you know, like hydrogenated, you know, vegetable oils, corn oils, uh grapeseed oils, things like that where it's it's damaging and it's not healthy and and that's like a big reason why the the downfall of sort of our the world's, you know, human beings ah. are so unhealthy now because of that. Versus using like a high quality olive oil or a ghee or a butter or something like that. I know ghee is good. I, I wasn't up on a seed oil slander. Um, <laughs> I use grapeseed oil on my skin, and we use grapeseed to fry. The thing with coconut oil is the smoking point. So you, it's, it's yeah, you can't do everything in that. Um, and then just also the saturated fats, but and avocado oil is really expensive as well. I do. I like avocado oil a lot. Um, avocado oil is good. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't up like we don't use canola. I know they have a the grapeseed. They have a rapeseed oil that they use. Mm-hmm. I was like thought it was a typo when I first saw it. I was like, yeah, what <laughs> is this? Like just a rebrand, just a rebrand. But it's, it's the rebrand of canola, right? It's like a canola rebrand, right? Yeah, it is canola oil. It is canola oil. Oh, so it's just a classic rebrand, like you said. That's interesting. I love when that happens. What's your take on a What's your take on a, um on a, on the oils? You know, you have to. It really boils down to sort of like the food deserts and like the the privilege of of being able to afford, you know, like imported fine uh, olive oil from Tuscany, and then have enough time to drizzle it over your heirloom tomatoes. Like, not everyone has that luxury or that know how to do that. So, you know, it's just another depressing part of the world where you can't really get any type of affordable food that doesn't really have that oil in it that, you know, has carcinogens and cancer causing ingredients. And, you know, all, all of all fast food is fried in the lowest quality oil. It's just it's a bummer. And there's there's not really a good way to a way around it. It is a conundrum. We're trying to we're trying to, like, do our best to. Patagonia, the food game. Mm-hmm. You know, even Patagonia has their own food, but we, we have products too. That Ironically, the Patagonia foods are very expensive. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. <laughs> our, our, we selling twenty dollar waffle mix, but we're working on getting getting ingredients and getting them at a scale where we can make it accessible, but still, still very, very high quality and tapping into ancestral ingredients from the motherland. We, mm-hmm. we call ourselves the mouth of the global south. So, like bringing forth. <laughs> Ingredients from Asia, Africa, South America. They got they got the South all over the world, is what you're saying. Exactly. So you're, exactly. So you're saying I can cop the twenty dollar ghetto gastro uh, waffle mix wherever waffle mixes are sold, or is this a direct to consumer thing right now? Right now, right now, ghettogastro.com direct to consumer. But we're gonna have a big retail partner launching next year, so stay tuned. Okay. How, key foods, key foods, stand up. <laughs> how many? How many waffles do you get out of a twenty dollars worth of of waffle mix, though? Depends how big your waffles are. You like that? You like that answer? Great point. That's a very yeah, good answer, right, John. That's a very point. good answer. I'm true to this. I ain't new to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
This guy, John, he's he's got an answer for everything. He has been media trained, and I like it. I want to talk about the syrup as well, uh, because Jason was explaining to me before you came on that, that there's footage of you putting syrup on fish. Is that true? Where's this footage? I think it was. I, I don't know if it was on your Instagram. Oh, the spicy, the spicy syrup. Yes, yes, yes. So there's a Branzino, and there's a slow sorghum drizzle of syrup all over it and that was i was thinking that's just crazy so that's I, actually some user generated content that's a that's somebody that that cooked something that sent it to us okay but but yeah it's the spicy syrup so we got the we collaborated with fly by jane so you have the szechuan chili crisp mm-hmm. and then you have the maple apple cider and the sorghum so mm. the sorghum gives a grassiness and a bit of a savory flavor you got the maple, so you're going to have the sweetness. And then you have the apple cider syrup, which gives you a little bit of the tartness. So, yeah, it, it actually worked perfectly. That That is a very good explanation. I was just thinking syrup, and I was like, not not on the Branzino. But you were, like, you were, thinking, you were thinking Mrs. Butterworth, like on a, on a Branzino. Yeah. Butterworth Branzino. Butterworth on the Branzino <laughs> sounds wild. <laughs> it's got too much flavor. But, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I also didn't even know you could... You can buy apple cider vinegar syrup. That sounds also amazing. Well, I, I misspoke. Apple cider syrup, not just apple cider. Okay, apple, apple cider, yeah, not apple cider syrup. Okay, cider. okay, all good. I, I I may have mislistened. That might be a little too much flavor for me if I'm keeping it 100. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I'm looking at your photo as you speak. I'm like, yeah, that's too much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna keep it real, you know. I think I like my Branzino, you know. I prefer it, you know, steamed. Actually, keep it really light <laughs> if I could, you know. Steamed and then you know maybe a little squeeze bottle of water on top. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, you hear you hear people talk about seasoning and flavor, just sort of like in air quotes. Like when you talk about food not having enough seasoning on it, what what do you think? Like the main thing that it's lacking is it is it the flavor that's being coaxed out of the ingredient or it's like a, a spice blend or something like that or were you just looking at an email you went over my head yeah i was looking at it like <laughs> talk to me again what do you say <laughs> look that's my media training right there yeah <laughs> well don't worry john i edit i edit the whole podcast so it's gonna have perfect timing don't worry <laughs> But I was talking about how well, people will comment on a food not having seasoning or or enough like flavor or whatever it is. Is is it just like not enough salt on it? Is it that version of seasoning, or is it something a little bit more overarching? Or is it like the essence of of a dish? Yeah, I think it. I think cultural background is a big is a big. Like how your palate is trained growing up and the flavors and the and the that, that's why that's why I'm fucked up then. Okay, that makes sense. It, it depends. Oftentimes my preference is to have a lot of flavors. So like like just really complexity. So I want to get some umami, I want some spice, I want I, I just want to balance. You want the salt, fat, acid, heat. Exactly. Shout out to my girls to me. Full dynamic range. I want the lows and the highs in the middle. Yeah. So, so it's like like I, I just like a balance, but I could also appreciate just but I guess you're also getting that, right? When I'm thinking about a piece of toast with butter and anchovy, you're getting a lot of those things. Like you're getting those different, it's simple, but. Anchovy? On the toast? You never had the anchovy butter toast at, at St. Julie Vert? Oh, you're missing out, bro. Uh, I'm not a huge anchovy guy myself. Me either. Okay. Because I was introduced to anchovies by the cheap joints at the pizza shop, like in Spanish Harlem. Like, yeah, so, yeah. so that, that, that was like my intro to anchovy, but then I had. 
an anchovy, and I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> ah. okay. So you're so you're taking something as simple as toast with butter on it, which I guess would be considered a pretty undynamic flavor, but it's also delicious. Like, what, do you ever crave subtle flavors that aren't just knocking you over the head with the full umami blast? Like, what's your boring girl swag? Yeah, I think about just the subtleness of like an oil, you know, or even just certain like when I think about. Our syrup, it's like nuances in the change. So I like use the syrup in my tea in the morning and it's just oh, wow. like a nuance. Like it's just a different type of sweetness, not the spicy syrup. Because right, right, we right. have a regular version too. So it's just a little note in the background that you don't even notice it, but it makes the overall product better. Exactly. But, but like our, our stuff is flavor forward. So like we got the cornbread and caviar and it's not like cornbread, crab salad, caviar. It's not like any spices on it going to knock you out of your feet but it's just like the layering like you have the sweetness of the cornbread mm -hmm. the citrus notes and the sweet notes from the a different type of sweetness from the crab meat right mm -hmm. and then you have the, the the savory the salinity coming in from the caviar so it's like you, we balance it with the layers we have a moniker we only layer flavor so i think the layering of flavor is important mm -hmm. salt at every step that's that wolf life and and the moniker ends up at wolf so <laughs> so out of all the other people in ghetto gastro you're are you the le the least chefin of the group you're more of like the face pr dishwasher i'm a dishwasher like so i handle i handle a lot of the creative i handle the business you know what i mean um, yeah yeah and and, and that's that's kind of kind of my role it was also my idea like because i was outside of the kitchen i think sometimes you have to have a you have sometimes being a few steps away, like you could think about the innovation, right? So being able to like look at spaces I was going into and vibes. And I'm like, we, we, this, we got up the level of, of food and culture and in, in the, in the zone and create something different. Cause when you're a chef working at a restaurant, you don't have a lot of time to think creatively. You're in the eye of the storm. Yeah, exactly. So, so I had that privilege and then we, we came, we came, we came through with something, but. But yeah, my guys, Lester and P, those are the culinary wizards. Those are the, but I could also cook okay, but I, I, I compare it to like someone that's good at a pickup game at 24 hour fitness and someone that's mm -hmm. like Kobe or LeBron or Jordan. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like I could ball, like I could put something together because I have a good palate. But so if you go to Daniel Balud's house, it'll be like, that's good. <laughs> palate, palate is vicious. Palate is vicious. <laughs> So it's safe to say that you're more of a front of house shorty. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talk about back of house, back back of house shorties all the time on the show. So it's nice to have a front of house person. <laughs> Look at the Freudian slip right there. <laughs> I, I'm more of a front of house shorty myself, um, but I also I have no interest in cooking. Like, can't even use. I, I don't. I, I don't understand the appeal. You know what I mean? I don't find. I don't get. He's the never touched a pan. I don't get the I don't get the high from it that other people do. And Jason, being my closest friend and business partner, who's very good, I just would always, you know, defer to him. When there's somebody in your life that's so good at it, it's hard to even be motivated to attempt it at 40 years old. Mm -hmm. It was like me with drawing. Like I, I was trying to draw like animated characters as a kid, and and I just like it was because my friends were older, but they were just so much better. I'm like. Mm. I felt like I'd never get this. So I just started curating. And I was like, all right, look, can you draw this? Can you do that? Can we like, <laughs> like just using other people's hands to, to, for the, to establish the vision? 
like a creative director. Mm-hmm. You're not going to actually do any of the work, but you know the right yeah, person for have, the job. Yeah, we have a name for and that You're now. still going to take your little cut as well. Yeah, we have a name for that now. <laughs> Guy with a laptop. <laughs> a lot of, lot of shade on the creative directors. Yeah, a lot of shade. No, they need, they need to be shaded, they all right? Need, yeah, they're making too much money, and they need to be taken down a peg. You know, that's our job. That's what we do. <laughs> they're, they're, they take all their money. They spend it on Rick. They don't do shit. But they just get the new MacBook that's black. Yeah. They think they're all cool and shit. I feel, I feel attacked right now. You brought the Rick and no. shit? No. <laughs> I feel like you took the shot. Because, you know, we rocked the Rick to the dick. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know not you. The, not the shoes. You got, you're rigged down to the dick, bro? I didn't know. I was like, ah. <laughs> I, Rick did I didn't know. I didn't know you were a Rick guy. What Are, are we wearing the sweats? Are we wearing the shoes? Shoes? Is it everything? Um, I, the shoes? I don't really wear the shoes. I like Nikes. The shoes are a bridge too far. <laughs> the shoes. Rick is wild for the shoes. Everything else, we. Everything else is good. I actually think that no, no, guys. I think the shoes are a lot of people's entry point. Yeah, to yeah. be honest with you, because you can stunt with the shoes. Like, like it's a, it's like you know this is Rick if you see these shoes. Yeah, I'm wearing a my my t-shirt is Rick right now, and I'm wearing a um, okay. Kind of taking me back to my skater days when I used to rock like the parachute, mm-hmm. big pants. So it's like a parachute mm-hmm. kind of windbreaker fabric pant. Okay, so you're, you're spending a little of this cookbook advance uh, at the. Oh, uh, you you spend some time on the essence sale. I see you, bro. Don't say that because <laughs> the people at the Rick flagship store get mad if they if they heard. If they heard rumors uh, of me buying online. Okay. Yeah, of course. We did our, no, first, no, loyal. our first project in Paris with Rick Owens. We did a Thanksgiving for peace. It was after the Bataclan attacks in Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did a big Thanksgiving dinner just to kind of bring some joy to, for the people out there. Because some people had lost them. And like, yeah. And, so we just just that's beautiful. Just that was our first so it goes way back with Rick and Michelle. This yeah, is, you yeah. ain't you ain't new to this, as you said. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I couldn't afford that shit before. No one. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Not many people can. Had to get in where we fit in. I understand. You and Playboy Cardi. I was in Nike Tech, man. I was in whatever's free, man. Whatever y'all, whatever seating, whatever yeah. seating is getting dropped, man. I'm rocking that shit. All right. Well, that that brings us up to a couple recurring questions as we're kind of uh, approaching our landing on this episode, John. First of all, you probably get a lot of free shit all the time, and you have for a long time. What do you do with it? Is there a strategy? Do you have a room in your house for all the shit? Do you have an intern go sell it on the low on StockX? You give it away for charity. The the cousins get it. What's going on? The, the fam, the fam. If I can't wear it, um, like, a, but I don't get as much as you think as I, as much as you would think. You know, okay. Um, a lot of a lot of spices, like a lot of a lot of spice packs <laughs> will get sent. <laughs> um, you know. The Nike family definitely takes care of me, but mm-hmm. I rock my shit. I'm going into uniform mode right now, so I'm establishing like it's going to be black pants and gray tops. That's like the that's that's my Steve Jobs energy for fall. We're going uniform mode, New York City fall. What is the where are these black pants and gray T-shirts coming from? Is this a Rick uniform, or are we branching out? The the pants will probably be a lot of Rick. I have some cool like Supreme and Junior Wantanabe pants that are like cool black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably going to be that. Rick, Rick and those. And then some sweats, like my own sweats that I make with, with the homies at Ecosystems. Oh, okay. So ecosystem sweats, you know, vintage, vintage gray wash on a t-shirt. So. Oh, so we're making our, we're making our own sweats. Now, are these just for you or are these available for purchase? I'm going to do the trial run and then we're going to drop them to the masses. It's a tough thing to master. I know you're aware. You know, it's a tough thing to master. I, this, this stuff is not easy. 
and you seem like a connoisseur, mm-hmm. so I'm sure you're really get, taking this seriously, seeing how the drape is landing. I prioritize coziness. Like cozy cottage is an important place to reside. So cozy okay. cottage. So you like to be you like to be comfortable in, unless it's black tie, and then you're you're gonna get you're taking it seriously. But on a day to day, if if it's black tie, I'm wearing a black t-shirt and I'm tying a do rag on. <laughs> that's what I'm tying. Okay, okay, all right. That that's good to know. <laughs> Next time I get invited to a black tie event, I'm gonna kind of start to experiment with my look not the do-rag of course that would be offensive but maybe some of the other parts i like that i like that you you mentioned going into uniform mode on your little steve jobs swag is there a reason like do you go into that mode when you're like i have a project to work on or is it just something that happens with the changing of the seasons i think i just realized are you in album mode is what I'm asking. It's album mode and it's just too much time <laughs> to think about the fit. Like, uh-huh. like I just still, like it's kind of, I'm almost there with a uniform, but I, I just wanted to just be premeditated where it's like, boom, mm-hmm. got a long sleeve gray shirt, got, got shirt, short sleeve gray shirt. You know, maybe we get creative with the outerwear, but, mm. but otherwise it's just like, boom, this is what we're wearing. I'm out the door. You know, it works for you. You know, it's tough to pull the trigger. There's so much fun, bright stuff out there catching your eye. You know, it's tough. He has a passion for flashing, so it's hard for him to get into the uniform. Yeah, I'm a real flashy guy. Nah, I can dig it. I was in, I was in Japan and I was looking at my man Kenji and he had, it was just like for me the perfect fit. He had on the shadow Jordan ones, like the black and gray ones, which also worked for my brand because I'm John Gray, mm. a pair of black pants and a black Heather Gray t-shirt. And I'm just like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. it's not just all black there's a little nuance to it there's a little yeah and i'll incorporate the jordan fours like i'll switch up the footwear to be on grayscale red <laughs> black gray or white whatever but grayscale that's the name of the brand i gotta say when you collab with rick simple Good. yeah i like that you keep it it's nice to give yourself a little bit of a range to play with you know because all black feels a little dramatic in my opinion <laughs> you know what i mean it feels like you're working on a set and you're not the star and you're a star, so you can't kind of be caught slipping like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> I think that'd be bad. That would be bad for you and your brand. As a as a person whose last name is Gray, do all the whips have to be gray? Is that just a thing for, for staying on brand? For on the V Lone range, is it all gray? Which type of what type of whips are you talking about? You talking shades of gray whips? Or you I'm talking not talking about, about a whisk. <laughs> I'm talking about vehicles. <laughs> I'm not talking about the KitchenAid. Now, do you have the do you have the gray Range Rover in the Bronx? Oh, you, you said wrist, wrist like watch or whip like a car. Whip, whip car. like a car, both whip like a car, but or car either. Any of your accessories. I like black cars. I like black cars, but I also like gray cars. Like I was borrowing my friend's Audi, um, the RS6, and it was like this particular gray that they only made fifty of. Mm. It was like a perfect kind of elephant gray. Mm-hmm. Like it just looked really good, kind of matted. Mm-hmm. That's a good. So I'll probably do the whips with the same as 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 the collection grows. I'll probably go white to white to black. I you see. know, gray mm-hmm. skin. I pulled up in the I pulled up in the Dumbo Audi, looking crazy. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. Going dumb in the Dumbo, you're rowdy in the Audi, you're. <laughs> <laughs> Go and Dumbo and Dumbo. That is good. Um, last question. Whenever we have uh, rappers, musicians um, on the show, we talk about syncs. You know, you, have you heard of like what a music sync is, John? No, what's that? So that's like uh, when you when they license one of your songs to be in like a commercial f- for something or like in a movie or something like that where like, oh, you know, this John Legend song is going to be in a American Express commercial. I know Vince, Vince Staples says he made his records like for that. Like he was like, 
I'm making albums and I'm like these are going to be placed in movies or whatever. Like it's going to go. Yeah, that's because Vin- that's because Vince Staples wants to make money, and that's smart. Run those royalties up. Run that pub yes, up. Yes, run exactly. that pub up. You get it. okay. So I feel like you guys get a lot of offers to do ghetto gastro cooking events with certain companies and brands. So usually when we ask that question to rappers or musicians, we like to ask, is there a story that either you got like a, a crazy wild check for, or it was a crazy wild check that you had to turn down for, you know, personal or political reasons? Nothing. I wouldn't say anything yet. I'm trying to think. How often do you say no, I guess, when they, when they send through the request? We probably say no eight out of 10 requests. Wow. That's a good average. And do you say no by saying no, or do you say no by sending through the quote that makes them <laughs> LOL and not reply? Well, the quote, the quote is also, it's a, it's a very good filter. Yes, it is. <laughs> the, the fee, the fee is a good filter. Um, but yeah, it's just like, we just say we can't, this opportunity is not the right one right now. Thank you for the consideration. What what makes I'm not going to ask you to list off companies that you said no to. That would be crazy after your media training. But <laughs> what what does a brand what, or a company, what media what media training? Man? <laughs> Where this are they at your, though? You know what I'm this is all natural, man. This is like this. No, they said your publicist was like, "This is going to be a test because we we put him through. He did his real shit, but." Now we're gonna send him on how long gone and see how <laughs> fucked up it can get. That's what it's yeah. Like. You know when you when you go by the Range Rover and they do the test drive on the little rocks and shit. That's <laughs> yeah, our, yeah, our that's podcast. Us. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Off roading. See if you can go ten, hit that shit sideways and you don't tip over. That's our shit. So what what does a company or a brand have to bring to the table other than you think they're cool and they have a lot of money? For you to say yes, like what what what's what gets the yes? Honestly, that's really the alignment is the most important thing. It's like, are we aligned mm-hmm. on value? So if like if y'all just did something that's like inhumane and we know about it, we can't really rock with you, like you know. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, so it's, it's just really alignment on on all fours. Like, do you value the culture, or are you just trying to extract? Because mm-hmm. we 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 kind of know where we sit and what people on the outside might want to use us for to leverage us for. So it's just sure, of course, you know, understanding that if you can't be used, you're useless. But just making sure that mm. it's the right thing, it's mutually beneficial, like, and it's helping us put forward what we put forward from a value standpoint. I don't think I've ever heard if you can't be used, you're useless. It's very good. All right, John. I hope you had a fun time chit-chatting with yeah, us. John, thank you. We got to break bread one of these days, yeah. I was John. I was realizing now that now that I'm looking at you is that I've met you before with friend of the show uh, Josh Woods on the street because Josh and I go way. Joshua back. Woods, the photographer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, him Oh, and that's I, my brother. You know, he shot. You know, he shot the um the the. He shot the book. He I did think the I saw you. I, and I, Juan, I feel like I saw. Shula did the food. Where did you guys do the shoot for the book? We did it in New York. We did it. We did it most of it in the Bronx, and then we used some of Josh's photos that he shot, like in Dakar and Senegal. But we did mostly in the Bronx. So small world, but yeah, great guy. Great, love his work. Um, I, I just put that together that's, that's as, we're, as we we're talking. He's, he's very talented. But yeah, we'll break bread. You a real fashion boy. Yeah, that's right. He's a real fashion. He really guy. is. No, he really is. Yeah, his looks changed up over the years. I will say that. Um, <laughs> you remember. When 
when he was rocking when he was on a on a Black Ivy vibe, like yeah. But I remember Black. I, re- the- I remember Black Ivy, but things looking a little more expensive. These the fabrics are a little nicer. You know what I mean? It's a little less <laughs> itchy, if you know if you know what I mean. Um, no question. Yeah, we'll, no question. We'll be in New York. We're actually doing some shows at, at Bowery Ballroom and Music Hall of Williamsburg. So if you're in town, we'll make sure to invite you. Come by. Right, let's link up and everybody listening, man, go run it up. Trickle them nickels and cop that Black Power Kitchen. Get those waffles on ghettogastro.com, you know, run it up with the gang. Mm-hmm. The book comes out in like a month, right? October 18th. October 18th. Uh, October 18th. We in the gang. Well, you can pre-order Sounds it, though, good. of course. You know, in the in the book business, yes, the sir, pre-order yes, is sir. very important to success. So you guys can do that wherever books are sold. Yes, yes. It's like first week album sales. You know what I'm saying? This is his This is going to be the blueprint, too. Yeah, I was about to say. This is, I can feel it. this is important. All right, uh, John, thank you for joining us. Peace to y'all. Thank you for having me. Gave a damn, no one gave a hand. That's how made man made the band. Wave your hands, watching the watch. I'm thinking about the blaze the band. Elliot Ness, you know I'm here to say the land. Don't try to lie, say the liquor's what made you ramble. Go somewhere and be a maintenance man, a janitor. Dog, don't blame me, blame your manager. Keep your hands up my pockets, nigga. Franchise like I play for the Rockets, nigga. Who shot your biggie small two pockets, nigga? Ready to die, all lies on the project, nigga. You spot I put something in your biceps, niggas. I can't help it, I'm a violent nigga. All I hear is bad boy. You fucking with the wild nigga. That's jangle. You got one style, nigga. Go hopping out the G5 wagon. G coded.